Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. It's time. It is time. Now is the time. We're a week into our prayer and fasting. God has been moving this week in our hearts and lives. Encountering Jesus is not us consuming Him for our own ends and own needs. When God is looking now at the earth, this is what He's thinking. This is what He's doing. You heavens above, rain down righteousness. Let the cloud shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. And let righteousness grow with it. I, the Lord, have created it. When God looks at the earth, He is showering His salvation into every nation, every continent, to every place where people live, where people are breathing. And he's saying from heaven, let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Jesus, when he showed them and he said, when you pray, he said, this is how to pray. And he said, our Father in heaven, He was shown that this is about relationship with Father in heaven. Then he said, hallowed be your name. What was he saying? In that relationship with the Father, it is worship, it is adoration. But then... He goes beyond the relationship and just the adoration. And he said, within that whole context of relationship with the Father and what He wants with us in relationship and that adoration and worship, He then says, your kingdom come. And that's the purpose in our relationship with the Father. It's so that His kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven. Then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. What's he saying there? He's saying in the context of relationship and adoration and worship and God wanting his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, let your will be done. And our response is to line up our wills with his not asking the Father to do our will or asking Him first of all to meet our needs and be here for what we might want but actually we're here for what He wants, we're here to serve Him, we're here for His will, for His purpose and then He says 
Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the outcome. That's the result. So Jesus describes and really carries on from what was said in Isaiah 45 there. This is how God thinks, what He's looking for. Let salvation spring up. Let the earth open up for His salvation to be released everywhere. Jesus then says, what does that look like? What does that mean for us today? It means to be in relationship with the Father, the Father of heaven. And it's a relationship of worship and adoration. It's a relationship where we're saying, Father, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I want to line everything up in my life with You, with who You are. I don't want you to line up with me. I want to line up with you so that I'm here for you and I'm here for your purposes. You're not here just to meet my needs, but I'm here to serve you. But then what did he say next? Give us today our daily bread. So what's he saying? The Father knows your needs. He's a good Father. He knows you your needs. But Jesus doesn't start with, this is when you pray, this is how you should pray. Please give us our daily bread. He doesn't start with that. He starts with the Father. He starts with worship. He starts with adoration. He starts with God, your kingdom, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we go after God and His kingdom and His purposes, on the way, on the journey, the Father says, I'll meet your daily needs. I know you. I'll meet your daily needs. How else does Jesus sum it up? A few verses later in chapter 6 of Matthew verse 33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and everything else will be added to you. In Isaiah 45, it said, Your heavens above rain down righteousness What is His righteousness, His purposes, His salvation being released on earth as it is in heaven? So God comes when we respond to Him, when we've surrendered our lives and given our lives to Him. He came and put His kingdom on the inside of us. It's a kingdom of righteousness. It's a kingdom of salvation. (laughs) And what's on the inside of us? God speaks over from heaven And He says, let the rain of my righteousness come down. Let it shower upon you. Let the earth open up as I release my salvation through you. Let salvation open up around you. Let salvation open up in the streets and in the towns, in the communities, in the cities and in the nation. Because I've placed my salvation One Kings 18, you probably know the story well, many of you. After Elijah had been up with the prophets of Baal and they'd had this kind of battle or this whatever it is, challenge and the, the Baal's worshippers couldn't summon their Baal gods because they're not real. And they dealt with all of them and Elijah then said to the king Ahab who was not a godly man he said to Ahab hey you better get on your chariot and go and eat 
you better go and get on with it because there's the sound of heavy rain. Now, Ahab was not a godly king. And Ahab didn't discern the things of God. And, it, and Elijah understood that. Elijah was picking up something in the spirit that Ahab just didn't have a clue about. Elijah could hear the sound of something in the spirit that Ahab just wasn't even on that wavelength. And we have a world that is living like Ahab on a different frequency to the things of God. And he says to Ahab, go and eat and drink. He basically says, look, you know, you know how to do natural things. Just go and get on with that and, and everything. But I've got to go and do something else because I can hear the sound of something that is not natural. It's not the everyday stuff. I can hear the sound of heavy rain. And he was talking about a release of God. Elijah got on his chariot and went off towards Jezreel. Elijah went up the mountain. He went up to be with the Lord. And he says that he bowed down and put his head between his knees and began to pray. And it hadn't rained in the land for three and a half years. Yet he, yet he said, I hear the sound of heavy rain. See, God always speaks prophetically before you see the outworking of it in reality. And God is speaking prophetically right now, but it's because the rain's literally about to be released. And he tells his servant, go and check for clouds in the sky. And six times the guy comes back and said, there's nothing there. He says, that's okay. And each time he came back, Elijah wasn't put off. He said, that's fine. I'm going to keep going because I've heard it. It's on the inside of me. It's on the inside of me. I'm not determined by what's on the outside. I'm determined by what's on the inside. And on the inside of me, there's the sound of heavy rain. It is raining already. There's a release already. All I'm doing is, is praying that release in for everybody else who can't hear it so they can receive everything from God that He's releasing into their lives. Maybe it would have been easy to give up after three or four times. But then he sends his servant off the seventh time and his servant comes back and he says, hey, Elijah, man, this is amazing. Right as far as you can see right on the horizon, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand or a fist. And when Elijah heard that, he jumped to his feet because he knew that's it. The release has come. The release has come. That's it. It might still be on the horizon, but that's it. The release. I've got it. And what did he do? It said he tucked his cloak into his belt. And he ran and caught up with Ahab and overtook him. Ahab was on a chariot. A king's chariot would have had at least six horses. And they would have been the best horses. He'd have been going at some rate. But yet, Elijah, it says, in the power of the Spirit, over, catched him, over, caught him up, overtook him and ran ahead of him and got to the place before Ahab did. There's a release of the Spirit right now in this time. And God wants to make sure that everything in our lives is tucked in so there's nothing flapping around that could cause us to be distracted as He releases His Spirit in a fresh way so that we can move with Him at a pace we haven't moved with Him. So the supernatural overtakes the natural. And so some of the things God's been doing this week, they've not been 
kind of encounter nights of just come and bless me and oh, I had an amazing time. Oh, it was awesome. Tuesday night was a, just an amazing flow of worship and, and us really just getting before God and surrendering everything towards, to Him. Wednesday night was, again, going through everything in our lives to make sure that we're a people of faith in every aspect of our life. And Thursday was about being a people of love and, and just praying through and dealing with anything that, that hinders His love and His life coming through in that way. It, it's difficult to explain if you weren't there what goes on when you were somewhere. It just sounds like, well, what, what was good about that? Well, it's just in the moment, God is dealing with you, changing you, working in you. And God is more interested in about doing something deep in us and lasting and life-changing that's not for our benefit. Although it benefits us, that's not the end game. It's because God speaks over us because in John 15, we're appointed to bear fruit and fruit remains. And, and in those verses, it says that we're appointed yeah, to bear fruit that lasts. That's why God's working in our lives. He wants us to be more fruitful. Yes, in our own lives, because He's a good Father. But He wants us to be fruitful through our lives into other people's lives. The release of the Spirit is for the harvest. It's not for the church. The release of the Spirit in these days is for the lost, for those that don't know Jesus. It's not for the church. It's to release the church, to fulfill what is written in Isaiah 45. God's salvation, the earth opening up and His salvation being released. That's why we're here now, guys. And on the way, He'll meet your needs. It's easy when we start talking about harvest and the lost and everything else and what God is saying. But, then, well, but what about me? I've got stuff in my life. Well, on the journey, God will deal with the stuff. God will take care of it. God will provide whatever God does it on the journey. That's what the Word says. And if we live according to the Word, we'll see the Word working in our lives in a fresh way. Can we just put that song on again? We're just going to sing that again. And as we sing it, I want us to sing it over the nation about the rain. We receive your rain. Don't just sing it to receive it in your own life. Sing it to receive it over the nation, the rain of His salvation being released in our nation. So when, I mean, let's just give it everything right now as we, as we join in by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, you can just take a seat, but just stay in this kind of place. Just want to welcome Suki up, who's going to share for a few minutes. Yesterday morning in the prayer meeting, um, she shared some things for a few minutes before we prayed. And I just believe it was right that she shared this this morning because it links in with all of this. And uh, so don't, don't go into just listen mode. Just stay ready because we're going to go back into that song uh, right at the end. Okay, so uh, Suki. Um, I just need to give a, a tiny bit of... 
a little, I just need to explain where I'm going to go before I go there, so bear with me. Um, and like Clive said, don't, don't come out of what the Lord's doing. Um, just so you know, um, and I know not a lot of you know that I um, take on my Jewishness. Um, sorry, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Um, I celebrate and keep the Shabbat. And God recently started telling me to make challah bread. And for those of you that don't know quickly, Shabbat is um, a time to rest, to recognize God. Every Jewish family all over the earth makes this challah bread, which was the showbread that was used in the temple. And they light candles, they celebrate God, they focus on him, and they basically take communion with the bread. So anyway, God's been telling me to make this bread and been teaching me about it and it's been such a lovely journey it's not religious it's not tradition it's rooted in the word and it's been a wonderful time and um obviously now we're in a fast on Friday I didn't want to make the bread because I didn't want to smell it and I definitely didn't want to eat it so um I just said to God God I'm going to just study this the more and plus as Clive said I was doing prayer the next day for Israel and I just sat there and I said God where do I start where where do I start with this and he said to me, where do you start with making the bread? And um, I said, I start with flour and water. And he said, okay, where do you get the flour from? I was like, my cupboard. And he said, no, where does flour come from? So then I began to um, study where flour comes from, from the wheat. And um, I watched a few things online. And as I began to read, and learn about this. God really spoke to me firstly for the nation of Israel and then now relating it to harvest in Horsham and in this nation. And um, so when wheat starts to grow, I don't know if any of you have seen wheat in a field. It looks beautiful. It's golden and it's gorgeous and it looks really attractive. Um, and then what happens to get wheat to be flour? They have to... So this is like an ancient way of doing it. It's a bit different now. So this is back in biblical times. They would harvest the flour, uh, the wheat, sorry. They'd harvest the wheat, and then they're basically killing it. They're, die they're making it die. So they cut it, and they harvest it. And then what happens is that wheat still has water in it. It still has life in it. So then what they do next is they lay it out in the fields, all cut down, all killed, and they leave it out in the hot sun for days and days to burn up and dry up every bit of water of life in the wheat. I mean, and when the wheat is finally dead, when there's nothing in it of life at all, they gather it up, they throw away the chaff, and then they take the rest and they take only the seed from the wheat. So when you think, that plant has already died. Not only is it dead, they take the seed from that wheat. The only chance that plant has of reproducing. And they take it and they put it in the water and they grind it to dust. And for me, that spoke of the nation of Israel and its journey, but it also speaks of lives and people in the world who no matter what front they might put onto you, deep down inside their dust, they've no life in them, and that's their state. So I was like, Lord, this is so sad, you know? 
Um, and then, um, and then she said to me, so you have the dust, you have the flower. And he said, what is the water that you mix with it? And I was like, it's you and it's him. He is the water of life. He is the breath of life. And so when making this challah bread, you mix flour and water. Now, obviously, those of you who make bread, you know, you add yeast. But in ancient times, before they bleached everything and, you know, processed it, there's um, yeast on the husk of the wheat. So once it's ground, that dust, that flour, already has yeast in it. So all they're doing is getting water and mixing it in with this dust, this flour. And as they're mixing, and if anyone's made bread, if you don't use a machine, it is hard work. You have to labor, to knead, to make those things mix together. And um, so this is what they do. They knead it with their hands. You sweat when you do it, if you do it properly. And as that water mixes with the, the dry, dead dust, something amazing starts to happen it starts to breathe the yeast starts to give off co2 which is what we exhale it starts to breathe it starts to rise it starts to take form it starts to take shape and then as i said at the beginning hala is a showbread so these breads are often plaited they're covered in glaze and once they're finished they look beautiful and the showbread the hala goes into the temple so it's presented to god so then looking at all of that, you're like, every person that we meet and choose to bring that water, that life to, and mix with their dust, we then don't just leave it like that. We have to work, we have to labor, we have to mix, and we have to knead God with their flesh, and we have to make them and help shape them and walk with them. And then we present them to God as his showmanship, as his glory, as something so special to him. And then um, there was just one more connection. I quickly looked up the word um, dough in Hebrew because I like doing things like that. <laughs> and um, there's, I mean, this is amazing. There's a, uh, well, thank you. I'm a bit past having a <laughs> um, So the word dough in Hebrew um, has another meaning of clay. It's a, you know, in the Hebrew, there's a root word. So another word for it is clay. And it's not any clay. It's a clay, the same Hebrew word that when in Genesis, God forms man. And it's almost like, I was like, wow, it's almost like you needed man from clay. And here we need to need with your spirit people to be formed to have life. So then I looked in Genesis and listened to this with everything else that's gone on this morning. So Genesis 1 verse 5. Um, sometimes in the word shrubs and grass um, relates to people so it says now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground then the Lord God formed a man from the dust 
of the ground and breathed his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. And when I just looked at that, I was like, there was no one to work the ground. So he had to bring streams up from the earth. And then I was like, hang on, we're workers, we're co-laborers. And it says in the word that streams of living water will flow out of us. And then I was just like, hang on a minute. God is saying to us, will you join with me? Will you be my workmanship? Will you be my laborers? Will you be, you know, the workers in the, in the fields? He has chose every single one of us to let those streams of living water come and every person you meet, there's no one excluded. Every flower, every dust, God has got streams of living water for them. Thanks, Suki. That's powerful, isn't it? God, God is speaking to us. And um, 2019 is about how we're going to respond to what He's saying in our lives and the space that we're going to give Him to do whatever He wants to do, not just in us, but through our lives. And one of the things we've been talking about uh, last week in the Vision Sunday w- w- was about next steps. And everybody got a sheet, you know, next step sheet. And and just want to keep encouraging you to be listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you about different areas of your life and what next steps are. One of the things that has come through quite a lot this week is um, is the whole kind of, we're here for the harvest. And I just want to quickly ask Jane and Karen to come onto the stage and um, just want to ask them a couple of questions. One of the opportunities that we have, it's not the only thing, but it's one way of seeing people respond to the gospel is, is through Alpha. And we've seen a number of people across the different congregations give their life to the Lord over the last few months through Alpha. And I know these guys have been asking people, inviting people. And I just wanted to ask them a couple of questions um, because we, we like to hear all the success stories, don't we? You know, but we also want to hear a bit of the story that goes from the, I asked them, they came, they got saved, brilliant. But, you know, just some of what goes on in us and the challenges in us, when they do come, they do respond, but maybe when they don't come and how do we handle that and everything. So, Karen, I know you've invited a number of people um, to Alpha. Can you just kind of tell us a little bit of your journey of, of how that's come about and whether they've come or not and what's happened and what, what was going on in you during that, you know, in terms of shall I, shan't I, all that kind of thing? Sure. Well, God said... 5,000 households in the area. So I'm like, okay, so I can make a start. And um, I received the word and thought, yeah, there's going to be some households, people on my street, people that I'm meeting at Little Builders, people that I've just connected with in Horsham that I can bring. And Alpha, once it started, I thought, brilliant. Invite people along to that. And the gospel is really spoken to them in a brilliant way. So if any of you are thinking you know what's it like it's legit it's tried it's tested it's really 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 good um so i'd pray god who's on your heart for me to invite you know there's fruit that can grow on a tree but if it's not quite right just leave it a little bit longer so there's a there's a discernment and timing with certain things and certain people so between phil and i we'd prayed the first time around um 
and there was a number of people invited. Let's just talk about the two times. So there's been two alphas, and both times Phil and I have prayed, who are you inviting, who am I inviting? Been really intentional, really ahead of the clock, because people need time to organise themselves, get childcare, think about it, you know, think of their excuses and then come. So out of about 10 people that we've invited over the two alphas, five have come. And so you kind of need to invite a few, uh, and out of that, not everyone will say yes. Five have come, and then four have stayed and and completed the course um, and made other next steps. So the people that didn't come and I've invited, I knew out of a sense of obedience that I needed to invite them and that I was prepared for them to say no, hopeful that they were going to say yes and God was going to do something. Of course, I prayed, and for one of them, I'd really fasted for them. But I'm going to ask them again another time. Or I know that somebody else is going to invite them. Some One of the testimonies from Alpha is that uh, person number one invited them, person number two invited them, and it was on person number three inviting them to an Alpha course that they said yes, and they got saved, and now they're inviting other people. So, yeah, not everyone says yes straight away, but... Uh, you still keep going. And it's really good for you in your faith. You know, the enemy uses reason in our minds to say they're going to say no, they're from a different religion. How discourteous of you if they follow another religion, especially in this PC world where we're supposed to be tolerant and we're supposed to be accepting. Uh, It's like, no, these people need Jesus. Jesus has changed my life. He's good. I want everyone else to know about him. Um, And so... It's not, yeah, not listening to the voice of reason from the enemy, not listening to they're going to think you're stupid. You know, even with friendships that I'm now forging with school mums, there's this, on one level, desire to kind of keep face and to, you know, to, to present yourself good. But it's like, do you know what? I'm, I've decided from day one, I know who I'm living for. I know who I'm living in Horsham for. So if they all start, I've been called a Bible basher behind my back before, but it's like, yes, I've started to embrace it. It's like, let's just live all out, you know? Thanks, Karen. That's so good. If you can go if you want, yeah. Uh, Jane, uh, I know you've been on a bit of a journey and praying for and inviting some people. How have you got on and how have you handled that? Okay. Um, I've asked several people over the last, is it a year it's been running? Twice. Twice over the year, yeah. Um, yeah, and none of them have come. None of them have said yes. Um, but um, no, no. And, and a couple of them I've asked several times. And um, um, God said to me to um, see, see people how he sees them. And, you know, he, he, took, he did everything on the cross for them. And he sees everyone out there as his kids. He loves them. He's died for them. He's done everything he needed to do. They just need to know it. And so it's up to me just to tell them or point them in the direction to hear. So that's my heart. If they say no, they're, they're not rejecting me. They're, they're just not there yet, you know. But they, I really believe, like it said in the song, seeds have been sown with these people I, I know have known for quite a long time. There are different um, places. Some of them come here to women's stuff and they love it. Um, other others of them are family members who seeds have been sown in sorrow, but I know God is going to is going to reap. Um, I just want to point them in the right direction. I want to make them know. Wanna, I want them to know about Alpha. I want them to know it's near them, either here in Horsham or in Burgess Hill. Um, and at some point, I know as I keep throwing out the net that God said to do, 
he's he's going to do it. So yeah, and I just keep praying for them. Brilliant. Amen. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. So so good, isn't it? Sorry, Jane, my darling. Thank you. Um, well, she is my mate. Anyway, <laughs> your wife is your mate. Is that right? Good. And um, yeah, don't be put off by no, but also don't not ask somebody because you think they're going to say no or they won't say yes. You think, well, I won't bother asking them. You never know what might happen if you ask and they go, actually, I've been thinking about that or somebody else did that, but they might not have let on. It's just one way, one opportunity, one next step opportunity for us over the, and it's starting beginning of February. All four congregations are involved in, in Alpha in the different locations. And um, so don't, don't sort of think, well, somebody else will take people. Alpha is only as good as the people that are actually invited to be there. Uh, and actually, so we'll show you a video next week, maybe a little bit of what Alpha involves and a bit of an insight into the sessions and kind of so you get a bit more, oh, right, that's how it works. Great, that was really helpful. Um, but let's stand together. I know it's been a kind of bit of a different morning, but this is more about God speaking into our hearts and lives than it is just having a message and having what we might normally do or whatever. Just while we're standing, let's just get our tithes and offerings ready. We want to give to the Lord as part of our worship. Why does the Bible talk about tithing? There's a lot of stuff in the Bible about God being first. And therefore, He wants the best, the first of our lives. And so He wants the first of our finances. He wants the first of our time. He wants the first in terms of relationship. He wants to be first. And everything then flows from Him being first, Him being the center. And What's tithing really? Because the Bible obviously talks about bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Well, what's, what's that about? What does that mean? It, the tithe is the first tenth. It's the, the first tenth of your income, your whole income, before tax and everything else. And all of our lives, all of our money, everything belongs to Him. It's all His. But he says, everything that I bless you with, the first tenth, that first fruits, that belongs to me. So I want you to return that to me. It's not a gift. We're returning what belongs to him. And then he says, you can steward the other 90%. But I want you to honour me with what you do because you're stewarding my resources that I'm blessing you with in your life. So we need to understand that because if we give our, if our lives belong to Him, everything we are and have belongs to Him. So we want to make sure we're honouring Him with the other 90% that we are stewarding. But what's the storehouse all about? We bring the tithe into the, the storehouse. Now that's the, the body, the church. That's, that's what you are part of. And so you bring that first fruits into the body, into the storehouse. Now, some people say, it's the place where I receive teaching. So therefore, I'll give 5% to my church and 5% to other ministries. That's not what the storehouse is. The storehouse is the body that you are part of. 
there are loads of farmers and loads of harvest fields. There are loads of churches. There are loads of believers. There's not one church that can just harvest everything everywhere. God raises up his church all over the place in many shapes and forms to reach the harvest where they are. And so what does God want to do with that that 10%? It goes into the storehouse, into the body that we are part of because it's more than teaching. It's the body that we are part of, the life that we share together. Teaching is only one part of it. But that tithe between all of us, a tenth of all our incomes together is more than enough to run what needs to be run and to do what we need to do. If there is a financial challenge, sometimes, often it's because the tithe isn't being fully returned. And that's why there's an important importance. It's all to do with harvest, the tithe. Because bring it into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? It's the place where everything then gets sent out to reach the harvest. The storehouse is the barn. It's the place where everything gets sorted, like the harvest comes in, it gets processed, and everything else that Suki was talking about. So tithing is not something that we just separate from everything else and say, this, this, this thing's about money and about tithe. Do you want to do that or not? No, there's a bigger thing here. It's not just to do with money. This is to do with first fruits of our lives. It's to do with our hearts. It's to do with our surrender. It's not just to do with money. But that can be a bit of a touch point in our lives. So this is all what we're doing now. When we give our tithes and then... Uh, we, sorry, we return our tithes. Giving is what we do on top of the tithe. Now, with the tithe, I don't know why I'm doing this now. I just feel the Holy Spirit just get on with it and, and share this for a minute. What does the Bible say? When we give the tithes, it opens up the windows of heaven and pours out so much blessing that we can't contain it. That's just the tithe. Wow. And then when we give on top of that, We know the Bible talks about various things to do with giving in terms of what you sow and what you reap and all that kind of stuff and that we can't outgive God and, and, and everything. And so we know when we give, he'll supply back. But that obviously isn't the motive for giving. The motive for giving on top of the tithe is because we're generous, because we want to, because we want to give to the Lord in that sense. And the Bible says, you know, give what is in your heart to give and under no compulsion. So God connects our money in the same way we connect worship. Let's worship Jesus. Oh, I want to worship you. Let's give. Oh, I want to give to you. Let's reach the lost. Oh, I want to. It's, it's what God is doing in us. It's all connected. God doesn't separate all these things out in silos. He, he brings it all together. And so when we tithe, just as we go forward, just remember, when I tithe every you know monthly or whatever it is, whenever you get paid, monthly, weekly, bi-monthly, every few, whatever it is, just think, as the, the tithe, this is all to do with harvest. I want to make sure my tithe's going into the storehouse because this is harvest, this is harvest, this is harvest. And I want to give because it's all to do with harvest. So Father, we thank you now as we worship you, as we return the tithe and give in the offering in whatever we're going to give. 
We thank you. This is worship. It's like an aroma that goes up because it's worship from our hearts that is outworked in a practical expression. So, Father, we praise your name. As we do this now, we're going to sing that song again, uh, like a rain or, or like a, what's it called? There's a cloud. Send the rain or whatever it is. There's so many phrases. But let's, let's, as we give, let's use this song. If you can play it, guys. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.